For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Believe in the Broncos podcast. I'm Chris Braden. Believe in the Broncos is presented by Bet Online. The reason you're here, though, we got him. Big O. Big O, how you doing today, bud? I'm doing good. Doing good, man. Got a little bit of snow here in Colorado, right? Uh, wow. It's been kind of crazy the last two weeks. I think it's snowed like three times. It doesn't even do that during the wintertime here in Colorado. So no. A little weird. Uh, that's for, our secret, though, O. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Not much anymore. Let that, it used to be. let that out, yeah. <laughs> um, so hopefully, hopefully the snow slows down. But uh, how you been, Chris? I'm doing good. Um, yeah, I'll be out there shoveling snow here in about an hour. Um, I did go back and listen to the podcast we did talking about last week. We didn't really touch on this Raiders game coming up this Sunday morning. And it's funny because at the beginning of the season, the uh, the media or the muggles, they like to say over there at the fan where you're at. Um, Nathaniel Hackett didn't understand how much Broncos country cannot stand the Raiders. He didn't understand the gravity of it. He didn't realize the rivalry of it. The way he approached it was disappointing to Broncos country. And not only was it disappointing, they went out on the field in that game and just let Josh Jacobs run all over him that game, got kind of pushed around. And as a Broncos fan, you know what? We don't like losing, but we really hate losing to the Raiders. That's like a big thing. Yeah, Chris, I'll tell you this story really quick. In 2011, I got drafted to the Denver Broncos. And obviously, I, first of all, I, at the combine, I never, I never visited with the Broncos. Okay. Um, after the combine, the Broncos did not bring me in for a visit. You know, they didn't fly me in for one of their top one, like top 60 visits that they're allowed to have or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, the Broncos didn't even come to my pro day at the University of Miami. Oh, wow. When I got drafted to the Bronco, like it was, it was kind of a shock because they reached out to me, said, hey, we want to come down and work you out at the University of Miami, but it never ended up happening, right? So a couple of days before the workout, Dave Magazoo, rest in peace, my offensive line coach, he calls me and he says, hey, you know, we're not going to be able to make it down there to work you out. And I was like, oh, okay. He was like, but don't get it twisted. We're still very high on you. But something just came up where I can't work you out. So draft night 2011, John Elway calls me and, and I, I'm drafted to the Broncos with the 46th overall pick. And I'm so fired up and 
I don't know the lingo, obviously. I've never been a Denver Bronco. So I jump on Twitter. I jump on Facebook. I jump on Instagram. Obviously, as soon as you get drafted, you get an influx of people just follow, 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 right? You, you jump up a couple thousand immediately as soon as they say your name because all those, that fan base starts following you. And I go, man, I'm super excited that I just got drafted to Denver Broncos, Broncos Nation. Let's ride or not ride. Let's get it right. Like right. I'm super excited, Broncos Nation. Let's go get it. I'm uh, I'm coming. I'm gonna work my butt off, and we're gonna get after it. <laughs> Steve, uh, Chris, you should have seen like how this fan base reacted to me. Like, like Broncos Nation. Don't you ever say that ever again. It's Broncos Country. That's Raider Nation. We don't say yes. that here. When we, we don't ever say nation when it's associated to the Broncos because we hate the Raiders and Raid the Raiders say Raider Nation. And this is what I got within like five minutes of tweeting that out <laughs> and five minutes of publicly saying something. And I am this 22 year old person who has never became a Denver Bronco. So mm. um, Nathaniel Hack is the head coach of the Denver Broncos. It's a little bit different. Right. So uh, I think he mishandled the heck out of it the first time around and, and talked about it not being a rivalry. But also, you know, this week, what he said again. And for me, it really bothers me because it, it's like, are you politicking for a job later mm -hmm. on? Like, will you not, you know, talk about the hatred or talk about what the Raiders mean to this city or talk about like back in the day? Like even yesterday, he was asked about it. Chris, and he talks about, you know, he grew up around the Raiders and it was hard. And it, it like, to me, it sounds like he's torn between the Broncos and the Raiders and we're what he's uh, allied to. Well, I'll tell you this, you should be allied to who writes your checks. And Thank no matter you. What, the Broncos write your checks. Even if the Broncos fire you this year, the Broncos are still going to write you checks for the next three years. So mm -hmm. that's where your loyalty should be. Not this answer that Sammy puts you in puts you out and it feels like to me like you're politicking for a job that's what it feels like to me like you're sitting there and you keep on talking about oh my life you know i learned that you're always coaching for your job well the way you're answering the question about the rivalry it sounds to me like yeah the broncos might be firing me this year but maybe the raiders might hire me next year so i can't really say something too bad about them and it pisses me off and it should piss each and every fan off here in Broncos country as well. No, you're hundred percent right. Um, I'm not able to make it to the game this weekend. I got family business and I had a buddy of mine call me and he's like, you're not going to the game. Can I buy your tickets? Well, he's a Raider fan. I was like, no, man, no, you are not yeah. buying my tickets. Exactly. Exactly. No, <laughs> it, there's no such thing. There's no way, no how, no way in hell. Like, this is Raider week, man. Mm -hmm. and when I got to the National Football League, this rivalry for me, but what I got from this fan base is the same feeling that I got when Miami played FSU. Sure. They don't like us. We don't like uh, them. And it's going to be a 60-minute bloodbath battle. So um, it would be nice if the coach could, could make it feel that way. Do you think Josh McDaniels likes the Denver Broncos? Oh, no. He hates Five us. For a year and a half. Mm -mm. Mark Davis likes the Denver Broncos. Uh, uh, well, they probably love us because they, they beat us this year, right? They're one of oh, the yeah. two wins. So, and they got a divisional win against us. So they probably love us because of that. But at the same time, no, man, this, this rivalry means too much to this fan base to go out there 
and, and downplay it. It means too much. Mm-hmm. Um, just on the fan, we talked about like games that the Broncos have had back in the day and, and what has happened and what's the worst thing you've seen at a Raiders game. And people, like some of the fans have been absolutely nasty, whether it's the Raiders fans coming into Bronco country and coming into a power field or Broncos fans going and trying to watch a, a game back in the day in the black hole. Like that fan base was never nice to our fans as well. So that's even more for me. Like, I get it. You know, mm-hmm. you don't, you, you try not to live with hatred in your heart, but do you know how many people have been like physically abused? Like mm-hmm. but at these games, like by the fact, like a Bronco fan trying to go see their Bronco, like, like, do you know what it means for a player? How about a player like me where in 2011, 12, 13, and 14, my, my wife couldn't go to no, no Raiders games at the black hole. I'm no. afraid of her safety. Mm-hmm. Like, like that's what the players have to think. Not only that, like we're thinking about our safety as we pull up and now a coach in, in, the, in, in 2022 is downplaying this rivalry. Come on, man. It's BS. It makes no sense because this rivalry will always be. It doesn't matter that the Raiders move. It, this rivalry will always mean something to this fan base so long as this football team is in Colorado. And that's what Nathaniel Hackett needs to understand. So it's either you adapt to it or get the heck out of here. And, and that should be the question, a lot of these questions. And, and that's, I get it, you know, new ownership, Walter Penner Group, I get it, new GM, you know, George Payton a couple years ago, and now new head coach. So I get it. But at the same time, somebody needs to be talking to these guys as they're, as you, John Elway and Joe Ellis were interviewing George Payton for the GM job, letting them know what this week means. So he could explain that to Nathaniel Hackett. And then as the sales going through to the Walton and Penner Group, that somebody needs, Joe Ellis needs to be explaining that to them as well, because there's fan base. There, there's people in Colorado. There's people around the world that have been Bronco fans that have went to Raiders games that have been disrespected mm. and stuff has happened to them that for them, you know, they'll never downplay that. They'll never be able to get over that moment. And for you to go out there and disrespect the rival, but you're basically saying whatever happened to you when you were paying your hard-earned money to go watch this football team, whatever happened to you, that's, that, that's kind of discredited because we don't view it as a rivalry no more. And that sucks. No, and I think that's up to us because you did talk about coach, GM, ownership. The one thing that stays consistent with the Denver Broncos is Broncos country and Broncos fans. And it means something to us. And hopefully it means something to them. One of my earliest memories as a Bronco fan, my dad took me to a Raiders game. I was probably like seven, eight years old. And one of the Raiders fans spilled beer on me in the South stands and the uh, Broncos country in South stands ushered that guy out there out of the uh, South stands very quickly. My dad loves telling that story. So it's real. It's real. We, you know what? And it's one of those things where as a, as Broncos country, you don't understand why um, coach doesn't understand. We don't know why Nathaniel Hackett doesn't understand that. And to be honest with you, when you're a fan of a team, it makes it fun. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. remember back at the U against Florida State? That was like one of the best weeks of the year, right? Yeah, it felt different. It felt different. Yeah. Your approach was different. Like, how you better went about your business. I mean, you talk to some of the older guys, they're telling you that Florida State week, they didn't go to class. You know, mm-hmm. they just stayed at the facility. And, and that's just how it was. That was the expectation. 
you know, I'm not going to be, I'm going to be honest with you. When I got to the university of Miami, we didn't have the leisure and the luxury of not being able, not going to class. So right. we weren't, I wasn't a part of those national championship rings, but man, that was cool. And that tradition was super cool. And that was a part of the reason why I went to the university of Miami and, you know, in that state, you know, I think what people don't realize with that rivalry is that a lot of the high school kids, they're split. Mm -hmm. You know, I went to, you know, I committed to the University of Miami in 2006 from the, from Atlantic High School. But we had a wide receiver by the name of Preston Parker. He committed to Florida State in 2006 <laughs> from Atlantic High School. So we were split. And now for the next four years, we're torn because this was a person at high school, but we showed up for that game uh, no matter what. So, um, so, yeah, Nathaniel Hackett needs to do a better job of playing up this, playing to this thing. And maybe if, if, if he started looking at this thing as a rivalry, maybe it'd be a better performance. Maybe it'd be easier to motivate that football team. Maybe mm -hmm. he would call better games as well. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews, news for every single league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head to Bet Online today. Use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use promo code BELIEVE50, that's B-L-E-A-V-50, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. That'd be nice. You know, the funny thing, when uh, you lose to the Raiders, it's bad, but when you lose to the Raiders with Josh McDaniels as the head coach, that just rubs salt into the wounds. Both coaches, Hackett, Josh, Horrible jobs this year. Seems like they've lost the locker room in parts. Um, Broncos seem like they're sticking together a little bit better than the Raiders are. But really, at the end of this Sunday, one of those guys needs to be held accountable. I mean, I can't imagine doing my job and having this kind of results and not even talking to the boss, not even changing anything. Like from the outside looking in, you just think that Nathaniel Hackett is doing the exact same thing week in, week out. It's frustrating to watch. If he's making changes, it's very nuanced stuff that the normal person can't recognize. Yeah. Um, you know, it's super unfortunate because I do believe the Broncos have missed a lot of opportunities this year. Um, just watching last night, watching Tennessee kick up on the Green Bay Packers, right? Broncos held Tennessee for five days ago to 17 points. They were in that game mm -hmm. the whole entire time. But here's where it's frustrating when it comes to Nathaniel Hackett, and here's why somebody's going to have to be held accountable. You talked about, you know, doing this, this special type of season because, you know, and a special type of approach to keep guys healthy. Um, you're the most banged up team in the National Football League right now. You have the most mm -hmm. amount of players on IR. That does not work. Um, and you went into a bye week two weeks ago and came out of that bye week more banged up than you went in. That's absolutely ridiculous. And that's on coaching. Um, when I watched Luke Wattenberg go out there, a fifth round draft pick that this coaching staff drafts, and he looks unready, unprepared at all, right? And he is going into this Tennessee game as the backup center because Lloyd Cushenberry is already on IR. 
mm-hmm. makes absolutely no sense that you guys weren't able to get him better prepared. But you had Camp Cupcake, but also you had a bye week where you did not even practice, knowing that Lloyd, you just lost Lloyd Cushenberry. Luke Wattenberg has one snap from being out there on the football field, and you choose not to have practice during the bye week. The bye week is not for the, the vets or anything like that. It's for guys that you know, when you're reevaluating your football team and to make sure you can get guys extra reps and extra snaps. So missed opportunity after missed opportunity. I would be shocked. I, first of all, let me be honest. Um, if the Raiders lose, I don't think there's going to be any changes going on. Um, mm. Mark Davis, uh, he had to know Josh McDaniels' resume. He saw what Josh McDaniels did over a decade ago here with the Broncos. He saw that he was only here for a year and a half. He saw that Josh McDaniels took the job with Indianapolis. And when Indy said, oh, you got to keep your defensive coaches staff, we are, they have already signed contracts. Josh was like, nope, I don't want the job and, and ran away and, mm. and now rescinded from taking that offer. Um, so he knew these things about Josh McDaniels going into the season, right? So sure, I, sure. I think that Josh McDaniels is going to get more time, but also the Raiders are, are still paying. They gave uh, Gruden a 10-year, $100 million deal that he's still under contract. They're still paying that out, and that's going through a legal battle also. And mm-hmm. I don't believe that they're now going to move on from a coach in year one. I think they're kind of backed up into a corner. So no repercussions coming for the Raiders. With the Broncos now, I, there's a lot of things that I think might happen after this game if they lose the football game. But Bronco Country, I don't believe that Nathaniel Hack is going to be gone. I think it's going to be more, hey, you got to like, remove yourself as a play caller and maybe you're going to fire your offensive coordinator. So maybe Clint Kubiak becomes a play caller moving forward, the pass game coordinator, right? right. Um, I, I think it's going to be more of that type with Nathaniel Hackett. And, and the reason that it's actually a good thing the reason in that I do believe that. And that's because when I cut on the tape, I watch 60 minutes of football, 60 minutes of Broncos football each and every week, Chris. And I see these guys playing for him still. So okay. the fact that they are playing hard for him still, I, I don't think that he's going to now magically just be gone. But I will tell you something that a lot of people are not talking about is the loss of Kwan Williams. The fact that he went and cleaned up something in his lower body and is going to be sidelined for the next four weeks. That is a hard piece of the puzzle to fix. There's nobody that brings that physicality to that position that can play in the box, that could offer such fast run support, that is a tackling machine that could blitz, that could also cover on the inside at the slot position, but also cover at the outside and play corner for this team. So I really believe this defense is never going to be the same. We saw what Isa Everett did with the subtraction of Bradley Chubb, did a mm-hmm. heck of a game plan. The game plan seemed very similar to the one that I was saying here, yeah. it's not exact game plan that I said it, it should be on here, but um, we will see how he figures it out now without K1 because that honestly, for me, K1 Williams is the most important piece to this defense as far as why they're able to play the way they are. They are. I don't think that Bassey could do it. I don't think that Damari Mathis could do it. I don't think that PJ Locke could do it. You know, the, the, the thing I think, now, and this is me speculating, the thing that I really think as far as how you get through this with k is Justin Simmons moves to the nickel and P.J. Locke and now uh, Kareem Jackson are safeties. So Justin might be playing out of position. You know, that's my speculation. That's my prediction. But that's, to me, what could try to get you through this, where now you're playing three safeties instead of three cornerbacks. 
the interesting thing right now when we're talking about coaching, we've got a young defensive coordinator in Ijiro Evero, and and he is just, you know, turning heads left and right all over the NFL. Then we got Nathaniel Hackett doing the exact opposite. Are you afraid or do you think that Ijiro Evero is going to have any head coaching opportunities next year? Because it'd be a shame to lose him. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, last year, I was a part of the San Francisco 49ers staff. And, you know, um, that the, uh, what I'm hoping is that Ezra Everett recognizes that he's not ready. But right. uh, unfortunately, you know, this is not a good football team. So last year, D'Amico Ryans, D'Amico started getting head coach buzz. D'Amico started getting interviews. And honestly, he got an interview and they asked him to come back for a second. And D'Amico said, no, you know what? I'm going to stay. But D'Amico recognized that he's on a good football team, a team that was a game away from the Super Bowl and uh, honestly expected to be back there this following year to win football games. So he had the luxury of doing that. My fear is what Isa Evro is being that you're on a bad football team, you might want to see, oh, head coach, head coach, let me go do that right now. Mm-hmm. Um, let's be honest. You know, everybody's giving Isa Evro this, the, these, these, Great credits, and he deserves it because he's been able to make adjustments. He's been able to be on the field and make adjustments as the game's going on. And also, when you went in at halftime, he's able to make adjustments as far as where he thinks a team is going to go to shut down a team. And that's what's been right on the money and absolutely spectacular this year. But also, this defense was primed to win. Don't Let's not get it twisted. This defense had some players, right? It had the foundation mm-hmm. laid with Vic Fangio, with Coach Pags, with Coach Kolar, with Coach Donatel, right? With these older veteran guys on the defensive side, the foundation was there. They were having success on this defense for the last four years. The offense has always been the problem. So I'm hoping that EJ Evero just recognizes this, man, look how much like Nathaniel Hackett struggled, am I ready to make that big of a jump, you know, after a year and hoping that he stays here with the number of because he will continue to get that head coaching buzz. It's going to be very interesting what happens and what he decides to do after the season because other teams will request to interview him for sure. Well, let's break down this Raider game this weekend. The only thing for me is I know that Josh Jacobs likes to feast on the Denver Broncos. And uh, if the Broncos don't stop Josh Jacobs, there's going to be a big problem on Sunday. Yeah, the, the Broncos are always a get-right game. I mean, mm-hmm. even though the Broncos' defense held Derek Carr to under held Derek Henry to under sixty points, guess who got going? Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, Tannehill was going into that game averaging under 150 yards passing per game. He went for 250 plus against the Broncos. And oh, last night he goes for 250 plus again. So it's normally a get right game. Even though this defense has played tough and held people, people have been able to statistically kind of run up their stats against or, you know, change their average against the Broncos. So Josh Jacobs, look for him to come back in this and reestablish himself because that offense is down Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro as well. So. Mm-hmm. Right now, Isa Evero, your job is to stop Jock Jacobs. Your job is to stop Devontae Adams. And those are the two weapons on the offense and get after Derek Carr as much as possible. Let's see if we could get to double digits hits on the quarterback. You know, that's got to be the game plan. But it should be a lot easier this time around because they are down Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro as well. As far as on the offensive side of the ball, <sighs> I just want to see some consistency. It's funny if you listen to the fan or any uh, sports talk radio, 
here in, in Colorado. They're trying to figure out who to place the blame on. And usually in my mind, I blame, I place the blame down right on the person who's making these decisions. And that would be Nathaniel Hackett. I think it's so much speculation right now. What Russ will do, what Russ won't do. All I know from the outside looking in is that if that's the case, that means Nathaniel Hackett is acquiescing to whatever Russell wants to do. And sometimes you just can't do that when you're the leader. Yeah. Um, for me, I learned a long time ago when you point a finger at somebody and you point it like this and you mm -hmm. have kind of that thumb cocked up, you know, you have one finger growing out, but you have four fingers coming back towards you. Yep. This blame is never really on one thing. It's not just on Russell Wilson. It's not just on Nathaniel Hackett. It's not just on this offensive line. It's not just on these running backs. It's not just on this coaching staff. It's on everybody. When you have an offense that's this bad, there's no way in hell that you can point the finger at one person. Um, Nathaniel Hackett has to be better as far as how he calls the game plan. Just knowing that I'm on my third string left tackle, just knowing that my left guard has regressed under Butch Berry than what he was playing mm -hmm. under Mike Munchak. There's no knowing that I'm on my third string uh, center right now, just knowing that my right guard is essentially a rookie because he played Division Three football two years ago, right? This is his first year playing extensive snaps. Just knowing that my right tackle position, last game with Quinn Bailey, you are on your fourth string right tackle this year. Mm -hmm. So looking at all of these things, like Nathaniel Hackett, number one, needs to be able to call a better football game and mm -hmm. don't sit here and try to call plays for Russ to cook because your football team doesn't allow you to hold up so Russ can cook. 18 hits last week against Tennessee. You threw the ball 42 times. Russell completed 21 of his passes. He completed right at 50% of his passes, but was hit 80, 18 times and sacked six times. Like you have to figure out a better way to call the game plan. So I, I think that when you look at it, you can blame the, the line, you could blame Russell Wilson, you could blame wide receivers for dropping passes, you could blame tight ends for dropping, and running backs for dropping. Melvin Gordon had a drop with the screen game last week, right? This run game is non-existent. None of these running backs average four yards of carry, right? This offensive line is not able to get in a rhythm. They never sit there and call uh, 20 run plays to a running back to get him a rhythm. So it's on everybody. It's not just on one unit. And it's going to take a collective unit and an amazing game plan to get you out of this. But I continue to see a really, really crappy game plan. And um, <laughs> last week just showed you, again, the first three plays of the game, Russell Wilson is sitting in the end zone with both feet in the end zone, throwing the ball and shotgun where it makes absolute no sense for me. So it's never really just on one person for me, Chris. It's, it's on the whole entire offense. It's on the whole entire offensive coaching staff as well. And they need to figure it out because I really believe that there will be a subtraction this week from the Denver Broncos if they don't win this football game. Well, that being said, how do you think this thing is going to end up on Sunday? You know, I truly believe that the Broncos are backed up until corner right now. Um, this is the, the hated Raiders and they're coming into Broncos country. Um, I, I look at just kind of the writing that's on the wall. And this fan base has one foot out the door completely. Mm -hmm. And they are basically saying, give me a reason. I think it's going to be the worst that it's ever been in Colorado. Yeah, the, the, this week, I don't think it helps as well. The fact that we've got snow many times this week and we've been kind of cooped up in the house. Kids are not going to school today. 
this fan base on Sunday, it's going to be 50 degrees. We know that the sun melts fast. So um, if the Broncos don't put a good product out there, I can see a lot of people shutting that TV off or walking out that stadium super early to enjoy that Sunday in the best weather that they got all week. So Bronco country will speak very loud if it doesn't pass the eye test immediately. So for me, I do got the Broncos winning this one in a tight one. I do got it as an absolute slugged out fest. And I got the Broncos winning this thing 19 to 16. Good stuff. One thing too, Big O, the ski slopes are open now. Exactly. So yeah, we, and we got some stuff to do on Sunday, man. If, yep. uh, if we don't want to go to that Bronco game, I feel like I've been an optimistic and we've talked about that on this show. I just want to, I, I just want the Broncos to do well because it makes our jobs more fun too. Um, I'm not feeling it. I, I'm not feeling it. And I just feel like, Nathaniel Hackett's confused. And you know what? As a guy, like as a man, I think Nathaniel Hackett looks like a cool dude. I think that he always means what, like all of that stuff. I just feel like maybe he hasn't figured this out yet. And I do think that some of those changes might help. We saw it in Philadelphia last year. Clint Kubiak could probably call a really good game. You know, maybe I want to see that. And then all of a sudden, Nathaniel Hackett looks, has less on his plate. And then all of a sudden, maybe he looks like a good head coach. Who knows? But I'm not feeling it this week. So I got a really close game. I think the Broncos are going to figure out a way to um, lose it in the end somehow. And uh, it, it pains me to say that because I haven't even done that all year. But I just am not feeling it this week. Yeah. No, I get it. I get it. And, and their play warrants your opinion. So right. it's understandable. Good stuff. Hey, Big O, good stuff. We're going to break this down uh, early next week and uh, have a good weekend, man. Stay dry. Yeah, thanks. You have a great weekend as well. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.